Well, hello there, and welcome back to Joygasm, where we chat about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and of course, with me is my subatomic sibling, Steve, Xbox Live Steveovich, as we shrink into episode 79 on this July 7th, 2018. It has been a fun week, I must say. It went by pretty quickly here, and... Um, I, for one, am I'm looking forward to discussing our topic of the day today, which is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp, which my bodacious bro and I saw last night. But I thought we could uh, just do a little bit of the old how you doing beforehand. So, Steve, how you doing? A little bit of how's your father? Yeah. Oh, my. Don't, uh, go, don't go into the J. Arthur. Russ, I um, hate to tell you this, but uh, it's dawned on me that... I forgot to put on deodorant. Oh, my, my. So it's good you have a little bit of cool in here or else it might get rather saucy. I have not noticed yet any kind of <laughs> pungent smells. <laughs> Russ, it's because my armpits smell like roses. Oh, all this time I thought they smelled like tulips. Right, I naturally smell like fern gullies, you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, with the humidity in Texas, oh, I man. would say uh, there are many areas that could grow like fern mm-hmm. gullies, probably mm-hmm. in places you wouldn't want them to grow. Right. Right. <laughs> I must say that it was quite the good old time playing Sea of Thieves with you earlier this week. I believe it was on July 4th, which, by the way, a uh, happy belated 4th of July to all of our uh, American listeners out there. Happy happy Independence Day. July 4th came and went. Did you have a good time on July 4th? I did have a a great time at my home sweet home of America. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We actually got to see some fireworks from the driveway, so... um, a lot of the neighbors were setting stuff off, and uh, the local show was good. So we didn't have to commute anywhere, wait in traffic, you know, rub yes. elbows with uh, a bunch of randos. I must, uh, yeah, I, I must say that it's pretty impressive to have Fourth of July celebrated in the great state of Texas. Uh, you and I, being from California originally, we would see people go putting fireworks and that sort of thing off in the, the, their driveways or their street, little fountain fireworks stuff. But man, they take it seriously out yeah. here in Texas. Man, it's it's amazing how like you're, you'll be driving by and there are just bottle rockets going. I mean, it's <laughs> it's literally like almost at the same level as what we would see in Lucchese Park. Back and pedal yeah yeah <laughs> it's just crazy to like they're just neighbors and they just they love their fireworks and they they love themselves some some patriotic goodness you know what people don't do out here though they they don't pack their piccolo peats meaning they you know it, we, when you take the stand off the, the whistling peat you you duct tape it you hammer it a couple times mm-hmm. and you duct tape it more and you keep on hammering that thing so when you set it off it makes a right blows up at the end or if you're really Really bad. You take like three of them, do the same thing, and then tie the wicks together. So it goes boom <laughs> at the end. <laughs> no one does that out here, but you know that's a good thing. I, like that, so many people do it back there. You go up. That's another one. Yeah. Yep. And what's funny too is, of course, where we live. Apparently, it is against the law to actually have fireworks, but that apparently didn't stop anybody <laughs> because everybody had fireworks that they were playing with, and luckily there were no fires or anything, which was good. But no, it was a lot of fun. I know that for us, we ended up going to the local parade, and that's always fun to take the little one to. And she gets she is at the age where she just doesn't like a lot of loud noises, and so of course July Fourth is oftentimes filled with a lot of loud noises, but. She enjoyed uh, some of the, um, the 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 parade, the local community stuff coming together, and of course, um, we decorated our house a little bit, had some some fun Fourth of July decorations, and I of course leveraged my hue light bulbs to have more of a red, white, and blue theme on the inside. So as it got darker, I don't know if you guys were there when like those lights became prominent enough when the sun went down. Because I think we left right as the sun was setting, but. No, it was fun. It was nice to have you guys over, of course, and fired up the old grill, even though the grill sparkler thing was not working. I'm like, oh, isn't this just convenient? (laughs) 
Having like a campfire in your backyard just to get the grill going. <laughs> you see me out there with a little twig whittling like, come on, come on. It's a little smoke coming out. <laughs> When's the food coming? Like, oh, come on, come on. Uh, it's all good though. And of course, I always forget when, whenever you're, you're grilling Frank's, like, like it's, it's the easiest thing in the world. Like anything that you would look at in terms of grilling just hot dogs, you, you plop them on there for like eight, 10 minutes and they're done and they taste great. It takes like little to no attention whatsoever. And you can just do it. And <laughs> I could just see you outside sticking a siphon in the vehicle and you're like <laughs> sucking out some gas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like going to <laughs> Big fireball. Hey, Russell's setting up fireworks. Well, it's it is major. funny because I'm using the, with my setup, I have natural gas. And so I was like, okay, well, I have one of those little like lighters inside that, you know, you used to uh, light candles with or whatever. I'll just use that. And, you know, you got to be careful of that too, because if you have your, your gas up too high and you're like sticking that thing below the grill and you, you light the match, all of a sudden you might um, singe off some, some arm hairs, some but eyebrows. Yeah. I could, <laughs> when you were doing that, I could smell all the propane. Like, uh, I could smell it from where I'm sitting. Hopefully this doesn't, you know, <laughs> I'm going to stick this in here and click it a couple of times. Wait, wait, stand back a little bit. If you thought I was bald before, let me tell you, after that, I might look like Neo from the Matrix or something. <laughs> yeah. Might look like me. But it was fun, though. It was fun to be able to have the family come together and then also, like you said, go over and, and um, where our parents' uh, house is. It's actually in a, a pretty close proximity to where, like, the city was putting off their fireworks. And so instead, of, like you said, instead of having to battle traffic and all the, the folks who are there to watch it and everything else, we could just leisurely just watch it. And of course my daughter didn't like the, the noise even from that distance. And so she was in the car. She still enjoyed watching all the, the bright lights, there you go. all the colors and that sort of thing. But happy birthday to America. <laughs> but anyway, what I was originally getting at before I completely digressed into that was um, we, during that time, I can't remember if it was the night of July 4th or it was July 3rd. I think it was July 3rd. But you and I were playing Sea of Thieves with some friends of ours, and we were up to like four oh, in the morning. Man, you remember that? Oh yes, I do. You, I forgot what, it, what was I doing. I think I went to the gym, and I was getting my sweat on, and um, <laughs> get my sweat on. So I came back to the house and like, yeah, I'll you know, see what's on YouTube in my place, and I'll be able to go to bed, take a shower. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And so then I get a text that's like close to 1 a.m. And Russell goes, huh, see a thieves? I'm like, nah, this is just AT&T. Like, you know, they sent, <laughs> sent me a text that was, I was supposed to receive two hours ago, whatever. And I was disregarded. And so I was like, well, it's kind of hitting on me. I was going to text Russ back. You're like, are you awake or like, are you going to bed? Like, what? I just got this, you know, text. I'm like, yeah, we're on. Jump on. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, usually you're the, the night owl when it comes to gaming. Usually I have to try and get into bed by 1130 or, or midnight. But it was interesting as I was working from home on July 3rd itself. And then I actually ended up taking a nap like late afternoon. So I got like this power nap in. So then I was awake and I was just playing and we had been playing for a few hours and I saw you had come on and. So I was thinking, man, this is actually, this, I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling tired. If I go to bed now, I'm just going to be staring at the ceiling. So I might as well keep playing. But oh man, I have not stayed up that late in so long. <laughs> I paid for it the next day. I was just man. like, whoa, I'm feeling really just far out right now. It's just bizarre. But. And then, then the server thing was was going to shut down on us. Like, have you seen never, that before? No. Usually what, what happens is it, it the words come up saying the world is changing and this, that, and the other is about to happen, uh -huh. but the servers won't close. Right. So this time it was like, oh, well, you guys got 30 minutes. And uh, it was like Big Mom from, from Rare went and said, okay, kids, time to go to bed. I'm giving you a 30-minute timer. But, 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 we're having such a good time. Yeah, it was interesting because the at first we had sloops. We, right. you know, we, we had other boats that were in the water, and we'd, we'd see them and whatever. But then slowly but surely, we kind of found ourselves being alone, which actually, in my opinion, is more enjoyable because I can focus on just getting loot. I don't have to worry about getting attacked or whatever else. And <laughs> that's, then you, that's the spice of life right there. Yeah, exactly. Attacked. And so it, it's it was interesting to me because I had never seen any kind of notification from Rare itself. 
giving any kind of, of, of indication of something. And so we were actually doing quite well. We were going through and what was it? It was like the bilge rat commendations that we were unlocking with all right. the skeletons with the, the gun powder barrels or right. whatever. So we were going through that. We actually made quite a bit of good progress in that one sitting, which of course, I mean, I think I was playing for about seven or eight hours straight. So it's, it's just insane. But we also uh, got to a skull fort. We were able to get all the loot, didn't get attacked once, brought that back. So we were able to make a fair amount of, of money off of that as well. But then it just got surprising because we were down to like the last map with the particular skull voyage that we had activated. And suddenly it's like, oh, it'll be closing down in 30 minutes. And then every five minutes after that, it was like 25 minutes, 20 minutes. And, and I think we got to the point where we were fighting the last skull captain and the, it just, it kicked us all out back to the, to the title screen. So we're like, no, but overall, just a really enjoyable time. I would say. Yeah. Not bad for staying up till four. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I probably won't be doing that again unless I have uh, several days off in a row or something or I could just burn the gamer midnight oil. Mm-hmm. Did you play anything else over the week or see anything, watch anything? Yeah. The only thing I was really playing was, uh, oh, so I got this new mobile game. It's uh, last shelter survival. Mm-hmm. And I saw it advertised on Facebook and I thought, yeah, I'll give it a shot. It looks like, you know, you're trying to make this shelter and, and arm it up and uh, survive waves and pond waves of zombies. So I thought, oh, you know, okay, I'll, you know, it's a free game. I'll check it out and see. And it's just like, I don't know, there's not really any action. It's just one of those kind of building games where you build at buildings and you upgrade the buildings and you research this and build more. I'm like, okay, like not even what it was advertised, like whatsoever. I'm like, yeah. um, so yeah, I played that. I might just delete it. I mean, it's there on, on my, on my, one of my Androids, but <laughs> Um, no, I, uh, I've been playing a lot more, uh, bit heroes. I'm trying to level up. Uh, they've been doing some giveaways where you get, you know, hundred percent, 130% experience. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing all I can with bit heroes. I'm almost at 150 level oh, 150 rush. That's impressive. I am. <laughs> I'm so not that far along. <laughs> yeah. So, um, trying to upgrade my, my character, but yeah, that's been about it. Hmm. What about you? <sighs> I have been enjoying, oh, so going back to Sea of Thieves really quick. So my <laughs> daughter has been more and more interested in watching Dad play <laughs> Sea of Thieves. I remember this. I know, yeah. As well as actually wanting to, to play it. And so there have been times when we're on an outpost or something and I'll just hand her the controller and she's learning how to um, actually manipulate the controller to get the, the camera to behave the way she wants on screen and stuff. And so... Most of the time, I mean, it's, it's no big thing. She's kind of like just staring at the ground or something and she's trying to figure out what to do. But then at one point I'm looking at my phone because and she's sitting there right next to me and I happen to just look up. She had figured out how to go into one of the merchant's stores and she not only did that, but she also figured out how to interact with the merchant. She was in like the store itself and was about to buy stuff. I'm like, how on earth did you figure that out? Because when I had left her, I left her on like some beach area next yeah. to the water. You know, I'm thinking, how did you know? To do? But I mean, she's been watching daddy play <laughs> and it was just the coolest thing. I'm just like, Wow. So I had to like quickly yeah. back out of it because I didn't want her to buy all this stuff because I've been trying to save my gold. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. Where did I put my wallet? <laughs> wait, what? My wallet's next to the Xbox. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she's like buying all this stuff off of Amazon or yeah. whatever. Uh, but other than that, though, I've been playing some Unraveled 2. I popped that in for just a little bit just to see what it's like. And um, I know I'm going to be enjoying that for a while. Of course, my, my little one likes to watch that. She she wants to try and play it, but the, honestly, the, the the puzzles and the brain teasers are a little just too advanced for her for her age. Oh, you don't but, say. Yeah, I mean it's even challenging <laughs> for this old man. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like like just other than that, we've been having fun playing with Peggle as well. Peggle's just one of those games. If you guys have never played Peggle, it is such just a, a wonderfully chill game that you can just sit down. You don't have to think. You're just hitting peggles back and forth. And of course, peggle two, the production values are even, even higher, but it's always been a staple of the Perkins household. Mm-hmm. You know? There you go. But other than that, I, I don't think we have anything else uh, going on here. So uh, I'd say without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, jump into 
our main topic of the day, which is going to be the review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And what we'll do is uh, we will provide our high-level reactions to the film before going into spoiler territory. But of course, let us watch the trailer just to refresh our noggins. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Dr. Pym, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when his crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. And now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The only chance we've got is both of you. Ant-Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. She seems more intense. You go low, I'll go high. I have wings. Why would I go low? We're gonna die. I don't wanna die. We didn't die. Hey, what I miss? We were just tiny. I was partners with Hank on a project called Goliath. How big did you get? My record, 21 feet. You? 65 feet. 65. <laughs> if you two are finished comparing sizes... 65. Ant-Man and the Wasp. So... I think I'll go first this time. Why don't you go first this I time, I think Russ? I will. So Ant-Man and the Wasp, high-level spoiler-free reactions here. Um, I really like the film. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought one of the things that is very refreshing to me is, as of late, we've had a lot of Marvel movies coming out where they just get bigger and more epic, and the, and the situation is more dire and more serious. And so this is kind of a nice switch up of sorts where we can just go in and just have a fun, lighthearted movie that introduces some new characters. It of course takes place in the Bay area, which is where you and I originally awesome. from. Yeah. yeah. It was just great seeing all the, the San Francisco area and whatnot. I mean, it's just oh, sentimental feelings, <laughs> but no, I, I really loved Home. just the, the cast. <laughs> what's What'd you say? Home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Right in my ear. That was good, Russ. Sorry. You gave me the case of the giggles and uh, some saliva decided to <laughs> say hello <laughs> in my windpipe. But anyway, I thought that the, the cast was just really well picked. We can go into that for, um, into further detail later on. But the plot itself, you know, it wasn't anything that was super hero memorable per se, but it was fun. Like I, I did like the progression of things and it was just, I found myself just enjoying the time being in the theater. It was just one of those like fun popcorn movie type of experiences. Um, what'd you think? No, I, I definitely concur with that statement, doctor. Um, I, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is a good way to bring more people into the, the Marvel universe who maybe yeah. aren't so interested. Like, ah, superhero this, superhero that, whatever, you know, I'm superhero now, whatever. <laughs> uh, but Ant-Man's kind of like the, the ant, he's not really the anti-superhero, but he's not a superhero. He just has this suit, but he's a normal dude, right. you know? And uh, nor does he try to be a superhero. He just wants to be, mm -hmm. you know? But the whole movie just doesn't take itself seriously. Right. And sometimes movies go, okay, we're going to be really serious, but we're going to force the humor on you, you know? And they try to do all this stuff. This doesn't, this knows it's playing with itself. And mm -hmm. that, that sounded really bad. But, um, 
Whatever do you mean, Steve? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, seeing all the the, lo- the location with San Francisco, a lot of movies just used all the the green screens and they make up their sets, but right. they don't really actually go to the location. It doesn't seem like much anymore, you know? So I was I was really appreciative that they, they went there. And yeah, all the cast, uh, oh man, it was... Everybody just fits in this movie. They really you know? do. Yeah. Um, and it w- the humor was funny. It wasn't like crazy funny, but it was lighthearted. It was definitely entertainment. I, I enjoyed myself from start to finish. Um, so, yeah, I-, I I would I would definitely recommend it. I mean, even if folks, like I said on in the beginning, if you don't really like Marvel, but you're looking for a nice little action comedy mm-hmm. where it's not intense. And it, it just has a lot of fun. Then I definitely think you should go. Even if it was a matinee, you're going to get some laughs. So there you go. If you haven't seen it, I think it's fair to say that we both recommend that you guys go check it out because it is a fun movie indeed. Steve, step with me into the spoiler elevator here. I noticed your insect super suit is looking quite lovely. Actually, I have uh, a couple canisters of raid on me, Russ. <laughs> oh, that's not nice. What's your favorite ant? Do you like the black ants, the worker ants, the uh, red ants, the fire ants? You know, I have a, an affinity for the black ants because they are much more chill. Mm. They're just happy to work and do their thing, mind their own business. You know, what kind of ants have wings, Russ? I am unfamiliar with the actual technical term mm. or name. Yeah. Do you? Negative, Ghost Rider. You know, they did change the music in this elevator once in a while, you know? Nonsense! (laughs) Here's our floor. Now that we are at the subatomic level, we are now in the spoiler area of the review. So if you haven't seen the movie, we definitely encourage you to pause it and go check it out and come back, of course, and listen to what we have to yak about. Anyway... I would like to go into the cast here. Now, Paul, now Paul, now Paul, Paul, Paul Rudd is he's always been a fun actor for me to be able to watch. And all the movies I've ever seen him in, he just, I, I really dig his sense of humor. I love his, his comedic timing and, and just, he's such an accessible personality type. Right. That's a good word. In word. films. And I think in terms of like the Ant-Man movies themselves, like I think he's a perfect choice to play Scott Lang. And of course, we have the the newcomer um, Evangeline Lilly, who plays Hope Van Dyne, oh, you know, aka the Wasp. Who again? I mean, she. Um, well, she was in the first one. She was in the first one. I should clarify in terms of like having another like superhero type, yeah, um, uniform character presence. Uh, this, this was the the new addition in the second film. But yeah, she definitely was in the first film. But I really, I mean, and she, she too, like just, I really, I dig her look. She yeah. has a really cool look about her. Yeah. And, um, it's like that strong feminine look. Yeah. But not overly so, right, right, but, right. but just it has that determined kind of look to it, which is really cool. And her personality is really cool too. Just even, even though we're, we're watching more of a, a character persona in the film still like, like it just works great. And, and the chemistry between Paul Rudd, um, and Evangeline Lilly are just, it's just really natural to me in the films. And I thought it was just great because of course, Paul Rudd is always just, <laughs> you know, he has these fun little quips or, or a little one-off anecdote kind of things and stuff. And she likes to, to get him back on track and that sort of thing. But um, of course, Michael Pena is in it and man, he was also just a gem in the film too. Yeah, like he, was. he just delivered each one of those lines perfectly. Yeah added a nice variety to just the different personality types and just even the, the speech patterns. Like I loved how he, he was just talking so fast. He, he would talk in these very quick bursts. Yeah. And uh, so that was really fun. I think that was probably the funniest part of the movie when he went back, when they, when they, <laughs> they made really light humor of the truth serum. And it's like, no, there's no such thing as truth serum. He's like, yeah. Oh man, this truth serum. You know? And, and then they, he tells that story so fast and all the actors were like, (laughs) had like the same movements and like it had the same like body language and the way they, they're like the way they would talk match, like how fast he would talk. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That that was was definitely one of the high points of the movie for sure. 
And actually one of my um, other favorite actors, Walton Goggins was in it. He's the one who played Sonny. He was kind of the, the black market uh, illegal arms dealer type. Yeah. He's always kind of a bad guy. It seems like in, in films. He does. He does tend to play more of the bad guys, but he has played some, some neutral characters and even some, some uh, protagonists as well. But I just, I love his style. Like I love how he delivers his lines and just the, the pacing of, of what he does with his mannerisms and stuff. Uh, I, I, it's always a treat to me to, to see him in there. And it was cool because it wasn't like he was in the movie too much, he, right. but he was in there enough to establish some kind of presence. What were you going to say? The last movie I saw him in, I think was Shanghai noon. Man, that was a while ago. It was a while ago. I'm trying to think the last movie. I you probably didn't watch the TV show Sands, uh, Sands, Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> no. Yeah, he, he was in that one for a bit. Um, and I think he was he may have been in the, the recent Tomb Raider movie. See, we never saw the Tomb Raider movie that came out this year. Yeah, it's on my Netflix list. Yeah. But anyway, um, of course, uh, Lawrence Fishburne was in the film as you know, well. I, you know, I... When I saw that, I've seen the trailer, obviously, but I forgot the part where Lawrence Fishburne was in it. Mm -hmm. And so when the scene came, when he was in the classroom speaking and the right. camera was behind his head, I'm like, you know what? That, that that looks like the back of Lawrence Fishburne's head. And I don't know why, but it would be really cool if that was <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne as the professor in this movie. That'd be really cool. And then the camera turned around, I'm like, it is Lawrence Fishburne. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really fun. And I'm glad to see that he's coming into more films lately. Like, yeah. he kind of took a break after right. the whole Matrix trilogy thing. And, and he, you know, you see him every once in a while, but I right. mean, it's, it really wasn't until I think it was, what was that? That, um, oh, it's around the tip of my tongue. It's the, the Keanu Reeves movie that where he's an assassin that's, that came out recently. Um, Keanu Reeves is in the Matrix also. John Wick. Um, Lawrence Fishburne was in the sequel, John Wick chapter two. And so it was cool to see them kind of get back together again. And he's playing obviously a different character, but seeing Lawrence Fishburne return to the, the silver screen in that fashion was really cool. And then of course, seeing him here in Ant-Man, the Wasp, yeah. I think there was also another movie that he was recently in. Well, he's, that, in, he's in his own little TV show. It's called black ish. Okay. And that's been going since 2014. Okay, so so probably his commitment has been mostly yeah. to the the TV show, right? But anyway, it was cool to see him in there. Also, um, Hannah John Kamen, who played Ava, aka Ghost, she was kind of the the main antagonist of the movie up until the the very end. There, um, I don't know if I've seen her in other roles. She was. Uh, she was, she played, actually, she played in Tomb Raider. I looked her up. She, she was in Tomb Raider, which we have yet to see. Oh, okay. Uh, she was also in Ready Player One. She was in Ready Player One? Yeah, she was, uh, I forgot the character's name. F not, F Nally, Finale, Finale. I don't remember. Zandor or something like that. I only saw the movie one time, but I don't recall seeing her in there. Yeah. And, that, and she was also. Oh, like, wait, I take it back. She was probably kind of like oh. the. She worked for the, the the corporation that was trying to take over, right? Like, I think so. Yeah, I, I'm trying she, to remember that. Her she was like one of the, the the main dudes' lieutenants or something. I think that's may, that may be yeah. who who she played. And then folks would also recognize her in um, game, some Game of Thrones or, or Nella or Nella. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, onward, onward. Um, also, I think it's important to, to note that Michelle Pfeiffer oh, made a return. Oh my goodness. That was incredible. <laughs> it I, really I'm, was. I'm, I, they, they didn't show Michelle Pfeiffer in the, in the trailer, right? Correct. I know. I was so thankful because when she came on screen, I mean, I haven't seen Michelle Pfeiffer. I, I don't know what yeah. she's been in. I mean, I think the last movie I saw her in it was the movie with Harrison Ford. It was kind of a PG 13, um, Kind of a thriller. I forgot what it was called. Yeah, I have to look know. it up. Anyway, I haven't seen her in a long time. She looks incredible. She is the type of lady where you, you just look at her and you're like, I mean, and I don't even know how old she is now. Yeah, I um, can find out here. But my goodness, it's like it, it, she, she's always been just beautiful, just this beautiful lady. And um, I, you know, of course, I'm a big fan of hers when she's she was 60. She's 60. Yeah, that, oh, I, I figured goodness. it was probably around that. Um, of course, when she was playing Catwoman in Batman Returns, awesome performance. Yeah, incredible. It was just, just amazing. Like the, just everyone who has seen that, that movie, obviously she's one of the highlights of, the, of that film. And she's been in other films since that time as well. But she's, she has also kind of um, 
toned down the amount of films that she has been in as of late. So it was a treat to be able to see her in this film. What Lies Beneath? That's the movie I saw her with Harrison I never Ford. saw that movie. Yeah, that was back in 2000. But no, she's... She brought her A game to this movie. I don't know yeah. if it was just me loving to see Michelle Pfeiffer on screen, but I thought her acting for just the Ant Man on the Watch for crying yeah. out loud was incredible. Seeing her with Michael Douglas, that yeah. man. Well, and, and it goes to show. I mean, even Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is always fun to watch, especially sure. in this type of capacity. Where in the past, when he's when he was younger, he took on more of a leading role. In, yeah, in Ant Man on the Wasp, he plays more of a supportive role. Right. And it's just, it's a neat character for him to get into yeah. because obviously, I mean, he, he's older now. He can't do a lot of the more like intense, um, Which, action scenes yeah, and that sort of did thing back in the day. Yeah. So it, it, it's cool to see this, this neat, um, opportunity for him to be able to, to show this other side of his acting and that sort of thing. Yeah. And of course, I mean, when he delivers his lines, it's always just right on point. So it's cool to. I'm. I for one am glad to see more of the 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 talent pool that has aged a bit from right. when we were kids. Because when we were kids, like they were more like in their 30s and 40s, that sort of thing. And you know, you fast forward 20 to 30 years, you know, suddenly they're in this other age bracket. But it's nice to, that Hollywood is, and especially Marvel Studios, is bringing back this this age group of actors because they're just as good if not better oh, man they're talented yeah yeah they're just super talented so like you know for instance like um michael keaton was used in spider-man homecoming he was the vulture and it was yep. awesome seeing yeah, him back was, in the roles again and he's been sure. in other roles um outside of marvel studios as well but then of course you know seeing michael douglas still acting having michelle pfeiffer come back it's just it's great to bring the, these folks back because they have tremendous presence on screen you said Michael Keaton. That means I have to digress into uh, the Dumbo preview because we saw that. And that, I don't know. That preview gave me goosebumps. Yes. I know that sounds weird because it's a kid's movie. But I mean, I, when I when I saw Tim Burton, I'm like, you know what? It's been a long time since I've seen a good Tim Burton film. I am in the mood for a good uh -huh. Tim Burton film. And of course, you know, Danny DeVito in there. And then that was, that was Michael Keaton, right? I mean, yeah. there was a... Yeah, ah, man, that movie looks so good. I can't wait till that one comes out. Yeah, the, I'm glad that you actually brought that up just because I, I mean, we're, we're both huge fans of just really well done trailers. Even if the movie winds up not being as good, it's just there's there's to me, there's there's a, a certain kind of magic that the editors have when they're, they're putting together, obviously they're, they're having to figure out, okay, how can we market this movie in such a way that it starts to build the hype and the intrigue and, and just how do we, how do we represent the film without giving away too many spoilers or plot points or whatever it is. And so when you come across a trailer like Dumbo, cause I totally agree by yeah. the end of that trailer, I was like, man, this is a really well done yeah. trailer considering the fact that this is a children's story. Yeah. And everything about the film just looks fantastic. I'm a huge Tim Burton fan, as I know you are as well. It's it's terrific to see him. And he's really been doing more of these Disney-esque films. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the other one. I know he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is not, I mean, that wasn't made by Disney. Right. Um, but I feel like there was another Disney film that he was had a hand in or something. But anyway... Well, it was really, yeah. really cool. Dumbo looked amazing. That was, I mean, compared to the, all the other previews, maybe that Jack Black one looked okay. But everything else that they showed, I was like, ah, this is all passable. Then Dumbo came on and I thought, I didn't think I was going to goosebumps at this. <laughs> this trailer is nuts. It really is. And the Jack, ba the, the, I can't remember the Jack Black right. trailer, excuse me, the, the name of the Jack Black about the movie. clock in the wall, something like that. Yeah, it had a very long name. Yeah. And actually, the first half of that trailer, again, we're totally digressing off of <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp, but still, like, the first half of the trailer was really, really good, but I felt like the trailer lasted too long. It, it started to lose its steam. Yep. And so the second half, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, like, right. you, you had me initially, Wrap now I'm kind of like, uh. Yeah. But I mean, Jack Black, again, it, you can't go wrong with Jack Black. He's, yeah. he's, he's always real fun, and he really gets into the, the characters, so... Um, so moving on into the plot of Ant-Man and the Wasp by all intents and purposes, I think that the plot was rather simplistic. It, it really, like I said earlier in the program, it really didn't have 
any kind of like huge, epic, dire situation or consequences or whatever, which is not a bad thing. I think it's refreshing to have something that's a bit more smaller scale. Right. Be able to, to provide more opportunities, introduce uh, various characters. And I, I, I don't know. I, I really liked how they were, they were making it a point to, to further the relationships that were left off at the end of the first Ant-Man movie into this new one, be able to see just again, like, like the Michelle Pfeiffer character, as well as the ghost character, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, how he, his, um, past impacted a bit with Michael Douglas's character and the, the antagonist, the, the Ava character herself, she, I liked, I like the setup of her motivation. Yeah. She wasn't just a, an antagonist or an evil character just to be evil or whatever. Right. It was like she <laughs> she had a, a desperate need in order to live live yeah. exactly yeah. like like she she was all about like look like I've I've had this condition for a long time. It's getting more and more unstable, and of course she had this 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 devastating traumatic event that occurred back when she was a little girl, when she lost her parents and that sort of thing. And so there's a lot going on in there. And, and the entire time that she was on screen, I mean, I, I thought she had a really good presence and it, it never felt to me cliche. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm a little bit torn with it. I, I liked the story that they made with her. I thought she was kind of a weak villain, but that not, that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I, I thought it was very interesting and, um, you know, I, I need to pause for one one moment for the for the plot though. When they start building it up in the beginning about what the story is going to be, mm-hmm. whatever, whatnot, I kind of thought they left some parts out. I was trying because they they started telling you or refreshing your memory about what had happened in Ant Man One and then what happened in Civil War and then therefore this is what's up with Ant Man and the Wasp. And I'm trying to think back to, I mean, I just saw Ant Man One not too long ago, but I was trying to think back to Civil War. Like I don't remember what uh what ant-man was saying to michael douglas's character and the wasp like i don't know why they were so upset it didn't make sense to be even in civil war i, I forgot what what even happened with him i always thought uh you know falcon says oh i know a guy and he grabbed him and there he is you uh-huh. know i don't i didn't hear all the backstory so when I, they were catching us up i thought i don't this doesn't make much yeah sense. it was unfortunate that you hadn't seen ant-man before that, because I remember you were at last year. Who is this guy? I'm like, oh, that's right. You haven't seen that movie. Yeah. I mean, I knew he was Ant-Man. I just didn't know the whole entire story. But um, anyway, yeah. Fast forwarding to to the villain. um, Yeah. I always, I can, I can definitely appreciate the villain who's just not out to hurt anybody because I'm evil. Ha, you know, I'm going to hurt you. It was, it's this uh, intersection of motivations. This side wants to get technology for this purpose. The other side needs the technology and then, and for this other purpose and mm-hmm. both are dire and there's only one way to go. And how are you going to make it both work? And you have one- certain parallels that were like both motivations revolve around survival. Right. Yeah. So, so. yeah. It, the, and again, it was just like, it was a fun ride to just get to know these other characters. Um, I mean, and I really liked being able to go to these different locales, like within the Bay Area. I loved how they were in Muir Woods. Yeah. Because we've gone to Muir Woods so many times. And of course, uh, I think they went to like Lombardi Street or Lombard Street, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Lombardi's Deli. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and like the, the crooked road all the way down. Yeah, uh-huh. That was awesome. And of course, they had the, the Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the ferries and stuff. I was like, mm, clam chowder. Yeah. I also really enjoyed the relationship between Lawrence uh, Fishburne's character and Ghost. In fact, I'm going to um, look up what, what uh, Lawrence is. Oh, Dr. Bill Foster. So the, I liked how um, they were going back and forth. Where I, One of my favorite moments in the movie actually was when Ava was talking to um, Dr. Foster about going to get Ant-Man's daughter and how he really just put the, the pause on that and was like, Whoa, I'm willing to help you. But if you lay a finger on her, 
I will no longer help you because that's a that is a, a zone that that you sh- do not need to go into. That's a, that's a road I cannot follow you on. Yeah, and I really like that because typically in a lot of these action movies, that's kind of the go to, right? Is like, exactly. I've got your family hostage. Yeah, you better do what I say. But I liked how once again there was more of this gray area between the characters where clearly Doctor Foster had this. Uh, he had this, this this desire to want to try and and help Ava and treat her and get this 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 issue of hers resolved, but do so in a way that wouldn't um, necessarily harm others. Harm others, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I would have to agree, and I think so often in Hollywood they they fall towards like okay, well the you know this professor had a, or this scientist had a falling out with the other scientist, and they're still pissed off at each other and therefore they're going to be enemies for life. Yeah. You know, I mean, life's not like that. I mean, you guys move past it. You can find where areas where you agree. And, uh, that's exactly what this was. Like he, this professor, uh, looks, has found a way to help somebody else and do his research at the same time. And, but he's not out to hurt anybody at the yeah. same, you know, which may, I, I was very appreciative that they showed that little bit because that would have been the easy road. Oh, he's got, yeah, like just like you said, he's got a daughter. We're going to kidnap her and that's going to be, you know, come on. That's been way overdone. It has. And I like the, the, the moments of humor to break more of the serious tensions. Like like when his daughter was calling him when um, Ghost had them yeah. all tied up in the chairs and they had to go through the whole thing yeah, and trying video to find chat. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it made sense. I mean, it would have been weird if it was, it was, a major villain, like, okay, fine. I'll yeah. do Skype. But it made sense because he was the teacher. He's probably he's dealt with a lot of kids in his yeah. life. He gets it. And he goes, oh, you yeah. know, it just made sense, but I'm glad they showed it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that, that approach to everything. And I like what you were talking about too. I liked the rough friction between Michael Douglas and Lawrence Fishburne in terms of how they used to work together. And then there was a falling out of sorts where Michael Douglas fired Lawrence Fishburne and there was still a wealth of talent and whatnot there, but there was kind of like this bitter blood between the two of them. And um, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot, a lot there that again, it it wasn't like this amazing overall thing, but still it was just fresh. It was just a fun kind of, story to be told and even towards the end where michael douglas is about to go to the quantum realm and he's telling lawrence fishburne's character look i'm going to help you yeah i I get what you're trying to do and it's you know not to harm anybody else but due to the dire situation i need you to back up because this is life and death for me too and he backed up wasn't like he tried something at the last minute you know gonna get back at him i so the whole entire and it kept me guessing too because I thought, yeah, something's going to happen between you know Lawrence Fishburne. He's going to try and do something right. because I'm so used to that happening. Yeah. That this was so refreshing for it for it to take a different route. It was, it was. So pivoting over to the special effects of the movie, um, this movie is always fun. The first movie was just as the second, but I love the opportunities that are made available when you shrink down to just a like like ant size, for instance just because everything around you, the world, it's just so funny to see like what would be terrifying if you were that small is actually not a big deal when you look at it from our perspective of at our scale. And it, a lot of it, I don't know. I, I it's kind of more of the, the scientific side of things is just always fun. Like the salt shaker where like, she like pushed that salt salt shaker and then made it like, as Huge, large as yeah. a human. I don't know. Like there, there's a lot of opportunity there for creativity and just showcasing things that oftentimes we take for granted and just looking at something. At, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those things where like you take something and you change the size of it. And suddenly it's amazing how your whole perception of that object changes. Like, like having that huge corporate building turn into the size of like a travel suitcase you would see at an airport. I don't know. Like I think that those types of things are, or having a seagull inbound trying to eat you. <laughs> that actually was really funny too. That was awesome when he named the ant Antonio Banderas, yeah. so they got eaten. He's like, oh no! And then he, he he kept on calling more and more. They kept on getting eaten by seagulls because there's so many seagulls at Fishman's Wharf. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Although, and I wasn't aware that seagulls even ate ants. Hey, I think they need to eat whatever they can. You know, yeah. I mean, they're kind of scavengers in a way, but if there's a bug and it's easy to eat, they're going to, they're going to 
get a snack. And of course, it's always fun too when, when Ant-Man grows to be like just super big and everything else. But a lot of the action sequences too, like with um, the Wasp, when she was shrinking down and, and, and expanding again, I you you could really see the value of having some sort of ability like that in fighting situations where like you can get really big and get really small and just constantly changing that. It's going to put your adversary kind of at odds in terms of how they're going to strategize to take you down, which was really cool. Like even in that sequence where she was flying in, uh, to the, one of the, the villains cars and would like just bash through the window and then get really small and then, you know, bunk back up to her normal size and hit some people and then fly forward being super small again. And I don't know, like it, it was always fun to see like just what, what kind of uh, size adjusting would be going on throughout each scene. Yeah. Although I, I think they, I think the, the fighting sequences could have been a little bit better. It seemed like it, it was a little bit kind of like Spider-Man in a way. Mm. Um, I don't know. I because the wasp taught Ant Man everything he knows about martial arts. So I would think since it was the master now that it would have been a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it definitely upped the ante from Ant Man one. But it def- I was hoping it'd be a little stronger. That not necessarily is a bad thing uh, because it was still fun. Mm. I think if they tried to t- change it into a martial arts movie, it would have been kind of lame. But I think it lacked a little bit of a uh, kick. <laughs> There was an awful lot of kicking in the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say that the 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 villain, uh, the ghost, kind of reminded me of The Matrix Two with the twins. Yes, a little bit too I thought much. of that as well. Yeah. So, what did you think of the visual effects overall? They were fine. I don't think they were anything to write home about, but I think they were fine. They weren't. They weren't bad at all. <laughs> There's scene. I love the the moment in the, the elementary school where they're trying to find uh, his daughter's trophy. And his suit malfunctions, so he's got the he's he's at the size of a little kid, and he puts on the little blue sweatshirt, and they're like, "Hey, do you have a hall pass?" And the yeah, kid just kind of stops there for a moment and keeps running. Yeah, I think it would have been funny if they played that out a little bit, like if some bully was trying to, you know, or if it was a bully that was bugging his daughter, for example, right. and then like you know he was able to step up a little bit. I think that would have been cool. They they played that I think a little bit too quick. Yeah, that would have been funny. I also loved it too when he got super big in the the Fisherman's Wharf, and I, I always I don't know why I laugh, but it's just the funniest. I love how Paul Rudd has his voice respond how big he is. Like you see his his face coming up in his eyes, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. yeah, like just I don't know. I, I love how he does that. But and what's interesting too is is they don't make all the crowd afraid of of him, right? Like even you would see the 60 foot dude, you'd be scared, but because it's Paul Rudd and it's Ant-Man, yeah. like if you saw Thor or even like Captain America or Iron Man be that tall, you'd be like, oh, nuts. Oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> hell's break, about to break loose. But because it's Ant-Man, everyone's like, whoa, hey, but no, no one's scared because it's Ant-Man. He just like flicks you <laughs> stuff away like someone's gun or something. Right. Know, it's pretty funny. You know, I'm wondering, Russ, mm-hmm. if they're going to make the Lawrence Fishburne character come back maybe in in the next Avengers movie because if I'm not mistaken Goliath his character was somebody in the Marvel Universe not just like oh yeah I did this at one point in my life I think they might actually bring him back that's uh, it's entirely possible I think that when Marvel Studios plans their films out a lot of the characters that they have in there are not by happenstance I think that they definitely have certain strategies for each character as to how they want them to continue their character arcs and and bring them more into the fold. And I would imagine probably most of the characters, if not all the characters do exist in some form within the, the comic books. But actually another actor who I really enjoyed was Randall Park, who he played the FBI agent who was kind <laughs> yeah. of the, the youth minister as well on, yeah. his, on his downtime. That was funny. Yeah, he, he was really fun. Um, and, and again, he he, <laughs> he was in the film just enough where it was like, yeah, I'm glad it wasn't just like a one-off scene. Like like it was actually, no, like he, he was living in San Francisco and everything else. And it was, I don't know, I, I thought that was a, a nice addition to the film. But uh, costume-wise... Of course, the outfits are awesome. I found myself thinking, man, like it'd be cool to like be Ant-Man for Halloween. 
just because the suit itself is so fun. But I, I don't know of anyone who are wardrobe stylists in that capacity. Like I, yeah. you'd have to order something that's like a thousand bucks off Amazon. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a search on Instagram because I do know, I mean, there are certain very talented costume designers that don't work in Hollywood, but they, they see what is done and they're able to really emulate with pretty amazing accuracy. The, the same type of costumes that you would see in some of these, these kind of comic book oriented films. But I've always liked Ant-Man's outfit. I thought it was always fun. I think the, the helmet is really fun as well. I thought the wasps outfit was really cool too. And I liked her yellow kind of visor yeah. on the top and stuff. And yeah, I just thought all that worked really well. And, and even Ava's costume when, when she was ghost moving around and whatnot, I thought it was, it was pretty interesting. It, it kind of reminds me of some anime or something in a way, but no, overall, I thought it. I thought it worked nicely. You know, something they didn't do with the wasp is uh, with her wings. Mm-hmm. She never flew or used her wings when she was in like full, like, like regular mode. Not not shrunken down. It was always like she was flying around when she was small. That's true. Yeah. Probably because it would draw too much attention if she was her normal size, you know, she's like five, nine or something. And she's flying around. Obviously people are going to be seeing, Oh my gosh, there's a person flying with wings. Like it's, yeah, but I mean, she's kicking people across the room. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's getting enough attention as it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I could, well, seeing those sequences too, like if you, if you're like inside somewhere, I think it'd be difficult to fly. You just, you're yeah. Versus if you were outside. Yeah. But did you have any other comments before we go into the trivia? No, go ahead, Rush. Well, alrighty then. We'll uh, we'll go into movie trivia, courtesy of IMDb, before we give our final thoughts. Uh, not a ton in the trivia department, but there are some that are uh, some fun ones to to go over. This movie was announced three months after the original Ant-Man of 2015 was released, and due to Marvel's packed Phase Three lineup. They had to move the release dates of Black Panther and Captain Marvel, which is pretty... Uh, I didn't know that they had announced it that quickly after the first Ant-Man. I think it was... Uh, I mean, it, the preview had been playing for a while. Yeah, not only... Yeah, that's... It's been playing for a while. I didn't think it was that soon, though. For the role of Janet Van Dyne, Evangeline Lilly, who, of course, is uh, Janet's daughter, Hope had Michelle Pfeiffer on her wish list to play Janet and Michael Douglas, Janet's husband, Hank had expressed the desire to have his actual real world wife, Catherine Zeta Jones play Janet. So I thought that was, that was a little hmm. insightful there. Yeah. I don't know, honestly, I think Catherine Zeta Jones may have done a, a good job as well. But. True. Yeah. In the trailer's soundtrack, the higher pitch guitar chords that repeat are the riffs from a song named Ants Invasion by Adam and the Ants. <laughs> this marks the second MCU film after Thor Ragnarok to have a female as the leading antagonist. However, in the comic books, the ghost was male. Interesting. Yeah. In the comics, the ghost has never fought Ant-Man. What? Yeah, the they, the ghost actually fought against Iron Man. Interesting. This next one I actually noticed, but I, I thought maybe I just missed it for some reason. The film's title is never shown on screen until the credits. Oh yeah. <laughs> huh. The, yeah, I guess so. Huh. The movie did start like really quick. I it thought, did. I thought, whoa, we're already in it. All right. But I was expecting, yeah, I guess. Uh, huh. hmm. Agent Jimmy Wu, who's the FBI. Uh, I don't know if he's the director, but he's just, he's just an agent. In the comics, formed the Agents of Atlas, a superhero spy team. This sets up the Agents of Atlas in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So once again, another character that seemingly is just part of the supportive cast, but actually does exist in the Marvel comics and has a very good chance of, of continuing into something a bit more involved. So we'll have to see how that works out. And the final one that I thought was worthy of mention was this film takes place at the same time as Avengers infinity war and mid credit scene shows the implications of it, which we haven't discussed yet. But of course uh, at the end, um, there's kind of like this, this little mini version of the quantum tunnel or whatever it is. And, 
And so Ant-Man goes in to collect some of the, I don't even know what it is. Healing particles. Healing particles of something or other. And um, of course, he's waiting to be um, kind of, I don't know what it is. Just drawn drawn back out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Drawn back out into the the real world again. But he's um, actually stuck into this area because... When the camera cuts back, we have seen that the Wasp, Michael Douglas's character, and Michelle Pfeiffer have all turned to dust just ash. because, or ash. Ash is probably yeah. a better way of saying it because these events were transpiring right around the time of the Infinity War, which I have gotten to say that was most satisfying. That was a really cool way to end it. Yeah, I don't know if we were the only ones in the theater going, oh, man, <laughs> or not, but I mean, it sounded like that, and I, I don't know. Well, I, I'm not sure if other people had made the connection in the theater or not. I'm not exactly sure, but I, for one, really, really enjoyed that. And I also like, too, how at the end it said the Ant-Man and and the Wasp will return with a question mark at the end instead of a period. Yeah. And it was funny because I, I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll return. And I had to rub my eye. And then everybody went, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? Like it was a question mark. Oh, I didn't see. Yeah, it. the period actually turned into a question mark, which was yeah. pretty cool. So, it makes me wonder if the ghost is going to be also in the next Avengers movie because if they're trying to help her out, then she's basically a good guy. I think there's probably a very good chance we're going to see her make a return somewhere. It may not necessarily be in part two of Infinity War, but I do think that there is a good chance that we will see her return again, especially considering that Michelle Pfeiffer's character healed her and so she no longer had that that issue, or at least healed her somewhat. Healed her to the point where she was much better. I mean, like like maybe she had some shimmers here and there, that sort of thing, but she was definitely not as unstable as she was throughout the rest of the film. By the way, what did you think of her... Her meaning Michelle Pfeiffer's character. What did you think of her powers? Like like that. I remember um, my wife kind of leaned over when they when Michael Douglas rescued her, and she said something to the effect of how she doesn't think that Michelle Pfeiffer's character is all that that she is supposed to be, or something like that. And it was and sure enough, like when she was was back into the real world and at a natural size, that um, she definitely has some kind of like healing abilities. Well, she was definitely able to survive for 30 years in the quantum realm somehow, you know, and not, I don't know, finding something to eat. How do you live for that long in the quantum realm? I had that same question too. It's like, you've been in there for how long and how have you been able to survive? And especially watching how Michael Douglas started to really lose his mind after getting that small and seeing how he was succumbing to the environment. Which was really cool because you could see like how, I mean, with him struggling like that, she must have really gone through a lot of that as well. And for her to be able to keep it together for as long as she did, um, I'm very curious to hear more about how she was able to make that possible. How she was able to channel E.T. Ouch. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Oh, man. So in conclusion, once again, I think it was just um, it was just a fun movie. It, it wasn't like some sort of huge tentpole film, but I don't think they intended it to be that way anyway. I think that everybody who was in the film were cast perfectly, and I think um, that the the special effects were fun. A lot of the the kind of the more humorous side of things to the the fighting. You had some moments that were a bit more intense than others, and. Um, you also had some action sequences that are a bit more creative and a bit more just, just funny in, in their own kind of way. And so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how Ant-Man is able to escape because I'm, sh- I'm sure there will be a way for him to be able to get out of the quantum realm or whatever it is that they call it. But it, it was definitely a nice cliffhanger to leave him in that, that situation. Um, I would say for me, I would give the film 3.5 stars. Well, Russ, 3.5, you say. Mm. Well, I'm going to up the ante. I'll give it a four. Oh! I think the the movie was very welcomed and well-received. I, like I said, it it did its function, which is provide very lighthearted and uh, good entertainment from start 
to finish. I think the pacing was a little off in the beginning with them trying to catch you up with the story that had happened and with two other movies that you kind of had to see to understand the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, it's a sequel, so that kind of has to be done. But I, I loved all the cast. I, I couldn't pick one character who I thought, yeah, that could have been replaced. Uh, even with the surprises of uh, how much they showed with Lawrence Fishburne and with Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, uh, just I, I, I loved everybody on screen. Thought the fighting was could have been better. It wasn't terrible, like I said, but it, it definitely was la- lacking a little bit of spice, a little mm-hmm. bit of a uh, little something, some panaz. Uh, I loved all the locale. I mean, seeing San Francisco and them actually being there, not just having a green screen here, green screen there. I thought that was awesome. Um, I, it was great to have some lighthearted laughs. It wasn't hysterical, but it was funny. Yeah, and uh, I can definitely appreciate it. And especially since we have, you know, a serious Marvel film, serious Marvel film, serious Marvel film with a little bit of forced humor. This was very, like I said in the beginning, very well received. So uh, I would definitely see it again. I, w- I definitely want a, a third Ant Man for sure. And uh, they're doing a great job with all the casting and the story and the lightheartedness. So I definitely want to see uh, a third Ant Man for sure. Well, there you have it. Uh huh. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week because I'm sure we will have some other fun little tidbits to talk about. Thanks for hanging out with us this week, though. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and pledge a dollar a month for exclusive access and early access to the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio Stitcher and SoundCloud.com slash JoygasmTV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you next week. Peace.